It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So there's apparently a few people that are concerned that perhaps Mac Jones' ceiling is a little lower than we originally thought. And one of those guys comes from guess where? W-E-E-I, Mr. Mark Dundaro had a lot to say about Mac, and I'm going to play a clip, and we'll come right back. Why haven't we seen the Patriots try to be a little bit more dynamic and try to win games in other ways and be more prepared to win games in other ways, especially when you have a competent quarterback under center? Why haven't we seen it? Why haven't they tried that more? Why haven't they tried to show us something different featuring Mac Jones? It's still every game. Run it play defense, take the air out of the ball, shorten the game, try to let Mac throw on his terms. Every game it's been that way. And I'm worried that Bill Belichick is trying to tell, not trying to tell us, but is telling us something about maybe Mac Jones and his ceiling. Maybe. Um, at my core, do I think Mac Jones ultimately will be viewed as limited? No, I don't. No, I don't. I believe in Mac Jones. I mean, we never saw Jared Stidham when Newton was in there. We never saw him, even when he sucked. Even when he was out and Hoyer played, he was telling us something that we didn't know at the time. We couldn't understand why, after everything that we've been watching all year, you wouldn't put Stidham in and give him a look. Belichick knew. So I'm concerned, mildly, that that's what's going on here. Bill Belichick is telling us that maybe this kid isn't quite as good as we think, or maybe his ceiling isn't quite as high as we think. A little bit of an overreaction from Mark Dondero. Probably he did follow up that video with this week that said, I'm absolutely positively not comparing Mac Jones and Jared Stidham's games, ability, talent, or potential am not. I'm wondering if there's a correlation between Stidham's situation last year and Jones this year in regards to Bill Belichick's actions. Is there one, or, and my question is, is this just Mark Dondero trying to rock the boat? Well, Evan Lazar probably disagrees with Mark when he wrote, even as someone who supported the pick and was pro Jones in the summer quarterback competition with Cam Newton, I had my doubts about Jones ceiling. After the week four loss of the Bucs, I wrote that the Pats should turn their focus to maximizing quick passing attacks where efficiency at the short and intermediate level would make up for the absence of big plays. In some respects, I still stand by that, but here's the main point. Stop capping Max ceiling because he's already better than his initial NFL projections. With each passing week, the Pats rookie is breaking through the ceiling many built for him and making those who think he's he'll have to be a career jag look like fools. Don't be a fool so obviously lazar very different opinion than mr dundaro saw this tweet today that came from prac jones and said mac jones is the top 10 quarterback in the nfl and people think he shouldn't be a rookie of the year that's crazy to me i'm sure there's a big debate out there to decide whether or not mac is a rookie of the year but let's listen to what a guy like jerry thornton has to say Old school guy says the belichick whisper did it again obviously feel free to pause right now and high five your screen but I'm speaking as someone who has seen every Patriots quarterback since they first moved to Foxborough and went from the Boston Patriots to the New England Patriots. And we were all ready to go with the Bay, Street, Bay State Patriots until someone pointed out to ownership they'll forever be called the BS Patriots. When I say that Jones has had nothing less than the best rookie season by a quarterback they've ever had, 
It's not even close. So let me ask you guys, will Mac Jones live up to those mammoth expectations or do you think maybe he's already hit a ceiling? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the live chat. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray, and believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero. What's going on, peeps? Y'all good? Y'all doing well? Y'all ready to have a little bit of fun here tonight on Talking Football with Ray? My name is Ray. I'll be the one talking football with you. You know that already, though. I'm here Monday to Friday. As always, I threw out to my Patreon crew to come on in. So at 710, I'll pop whoever shows up. But I'm ready to talk a little bit of football. What did you guys think of uh, what Dondero had to say? Agree? Disagree? Who knows? Don't forget, go check me out at deanblundell.com. You can find my blogs over there. You can also find um, the podcast every single day. Of course, you can find my other content over on the Newsbreak channel. And don't forget to check out the Patreon account. You get exclusive content Monday through Thursday. You'll also have the opportunity to be on the show every single day for 20 minutes. You can also be on the entire show every Friday when we do our Patreon hangout. So thanks so much for coming in. Uh, in about half an hour or so, 25 minutes at this point, we do got Mario from Hashtag Sports coming in. We're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Josh Allen throwing three interceptions last week, basically confirming he's not going to be the most valuable player of the NFL this year. We'll go check that out. And of course, today's episode is brought to you by Symbol. It is an absolute phenomenal mix of gambling and the stock market that you can mix all in one in about half an hour. I'll give you a little bit of a more detailed, longer version of what that looks like. But right now I'm going to take my remaining five minutes just to, I don't know, talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. First of all, I want to throw a big shout out to my boy, Chris White, the Durham Chiefs UK. Go give him a follow on Twitter at Chris WH and a whole bunch of numbers, three, three, six, three, zero, two, five, six, you know, Go do that over there. He uh, is going to start, you know, he's one of those, I always look for fan bases that I can stomach, uh, you know, because there's a lot of Chiefs fans I hate. Everybody knows that. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the, of the Chiefs kingdom, as they like to call themselves, but he's one of those guys I can stomach. He's going to start his own uh, blog and podcast. I invited him on. I said, dude, when you're ready, come on here. I'll help you launch what you need to launch. Uh, so go give him a follow. I tweeted this out like maybe 15 minutes ago. And I said, the best line of last night's show came from Joe, who was on with me for the first 10 minutes, who said, we manufacture our heroes. And I'll, that's going to be my topic for the next four minutes before I bring on uh, Mike and Francisco, who are waiting in the waiting room for the next 20 minutes before we cut away to Mario. And he was talking more in the lines of Ben Roethlisberger, right? I said, what's it like? You know, 18 years of Ben, Ben is gone now. How, how are, you know, people going to feel about that? All that kind of thing. And he kind of said to me, you know, we work, we, we manufacture heroes and Ben should have retired, whatever, two years ago before everything started kind of declining and whatever. And that got me thinking today when I was re-listening to yesterday's podcast and I heard Joe say it, and that made me think about Mr. Tom Brady. Because uh, when Brady left to go take his talents down to Tampa Bay, I was one of those people that stood strong and I was like, dude, I'm not cheering for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. I am cheering for the New England Patriots. And I was labeled 
a hater. I was labeled uh, quote unquote butt hurt, which by the way is the worst insult in the world. Please don't say butt hurt. It's just you sound like an idiot. But there was a lot of things that people said about me. But I think this is my thing. Like I was 15 years old when Tom Brady entered the NFL. I think a lot of people grew up, the younger generation grew up as being a Tom Brady fan. And we manufactured this hero, this hero of perfection, this hero of the masses, the man who could do no wrong. It's not about Belichick. Belichick won't ever make the playoffs again without Tom Brady. Well, look where we are. Postseason. I mean, I threw out a little tweet last night that I thought was funny because someone tweeted out, uh, somebody tweeted out, Bill Belichick has never been to the playoffs without Tom Brady or Mac Jones as the Patriots coach. One year tear down, one year rebuild, Patriots right back. But I was on another podcast last night and I was talking about next season. And I was like, you got to remember, next year is only year two of the Patriots rebuild. There's a very real possibility that the Patriots are the same or even possibly worse. Because I think this year it's fair to say that a lot of teams in the AFC underachieved. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns, the Ravens, the Colts, they kind of all underachieved what we expected from them, right? If they all played expectations next year, it's, it's going to be more difficult to keep up with those type of teams. But I want you to remember this year when, when Bill Belichick got to the playoffs – with Mac Jones, without Tom Brady. I want you to remember that he can have success without Brady. And perhaps we should admit that we manufactured the hero that was Tom Brady. I haven't even looked at the comments yet. I can only imagine what the comments are saying at this point. I'll, I'll click them over in just a second here. But it is what it is. Anyways, we're going to talk Mac Jones. What's his ceiling? Two people lined up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to replay the Mark Dondero clip for those who missed it at the beginning. And then I'll bring in my boys over from Patreon. Why haven't we seen the Patriots try to be a little bit more dynamic and try to win games in other ways and be more prepared to win games in other ways, especially when you have a competent quarterback under center? Why haven't we seen it? Why haven't they tried that more? Why haven't they tried to show us something different featuring Mac Jones? It's still every game. Run it, play defense, take the air out of the ball, shorten the game, try to let Mac throw on his terms. Every game it's been that way. And I'm worried that Bill Belichick is trying to tell, not trying to tell us, but is telling us something about maybe Mac Jones and his ceiling. Maybe. Um, at my core, do I think Mac Jones ultimately will be viewed as limited? No, I don't. No, I don't. I believe in Mac Jones. I mean, we never saw Jared Stidham when Newton was in there. We never saw him, even when he sucked, even when he was out and Hoyer played. He was telling us something that we didn't know at the time. We couldn't understand why after everything that we've been watching all year, you wouldn't put Stidham in and give him a look. Belichick knew. So I'm concerned mildly that that's what's going on here. Bill Belichick is telling us that maybe this kid isn't quite as good as we think, or maybe his ceiling isn't quite as high as we think. And don't forget, if you want to join the show every single night for at least 20 minutes, head on over to my Patreon page. Link's in the description, www.patreon.com slash Sports. 
and you have the opportunity every day of the week to be on the show for 20 minutes, Monday to Thursday, and the entire show on Friday. We do the Patreon Hangout, and tonight I am joined by my Thursday night co-host, Mike, who's also a Patreon member, and my boy, Francisco, all the way from Portugal. What's going on, gentlemen? So you heard what Mark Dondero had to say. Clearly, you two are here based on what I told you we were going to be talking about in the first 20 minutes. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. Who wants to go first? What did you think of what Dondero had to say? And uh, I don't know if you caught my beginning piece when basically everybody kind of discredited everything you said. Evan Lazar discredited him. Jerry Thornton discredited him. A couple of people on Twitter. Uh, Mike, you want to go first? You want to you take this? You want to go off a little bit? I'll, I'll let Francisco go. I kind of came in as a placeholder. So, Well, I think we, we, we all think the same uh what, what i think is more important for the pages and what i care is is about the win uh, i i i i don't care if we play the same thing uh and i can complain to have a quarterback that have high completion uh that's our running backs are good and that we exploit that so our defense is what it is one of the best in the league so if we are smart if you if we have a, a smart coaching system, we'll do the best to win the game. And why overplay it uh, when when you are look Mac Jones? People say he can't uh, throw a deep ball. Even in last game with Wilkinson, he made a perfect pass, and Wilkinson didn't catch. Okay, he, he catch two touchdowns and he made he made probably the first catch and and it was great even still but it is what it is next season we will going to have 30 million in cap space look at teams like the saints look at teams like um yesterday you you talk about the oh i'm forgetting the name uh steelers the steelers they they have uh, they are in the opposite camp. They have uh, 20 million plus in cap space. They need to cut a lot of people. So I'm 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 seeing I'm looking and I'm seeing things that I really 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 like in the team. And if we got we don't have uh, I'd receive a core that's you know could get separation and could run routes that that Mac Jones could exploit. So. At the moment, we were going to do what is best for the team to try to win games. And in my humble opinion, it's what the, the Patriots are doing. You know, uh, if at the beginning of the season, when we start two and four, if people say that one, one game away from, from, from the end of the season, the regular season, we will be already in, with the playoff seed locked up and competing for the first in, in in our division so i'm 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 overwhelmed with what the team were did at at the moment people are always trying to diminish our wins and when we lose they 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 jump and they say oh you you suck your quarterback sucks your defense is not as good as you think and blah 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 Let's let's see in the playoffs. In the playoffs is anybody's game, you know. Uh, a good, a good, a good defense move. Uh, bad day from the quarterback. Let's wait. I'm I'm 
pretty happy with what we are getting at the moment. Could I say that you are looking more and more like a mountain man every time I see you and I'm loving the look. You know, you're, you look like you've been in COVID lockdown for months and you've just given up on life. You're just like, forget it. I'm done. I'm finished. And you know what? We just went back into lockdown here today. Today was your first official day of lockdown. I yeah. could look like Francisco in two months. I'm, I might just let it all go too. And you know what? I got the same white that grows right in the middle. So it'll, we'll look exactly the same. And, and I did my beer today. So I was looking good. Big beards, and it was full months without doing, without shaving. I'm loving it. That's amazing. Uh, Joe or King Cato Twenty One says, uh, "I see the title of the podcast, but I flip it. Is the floor higher than we acknowledge? And is his floor higher? And is the floor higher? And how high is his ceiling? So number one, I hate when we talk about ceilings." I really do. I'm not a guy like, oh, this guy's got a high ceiling. This guy's got that. Here's what I've, I've said about Mac Jones since the beginning. Mac Jones is not going to come out next year and display some skill set that we've never seen before. You know, he's not going to start throwing, you know, sidearms. He's not going to start throwing with his eyes closed. He's not going to look. That's just something guys are built with. This is Mac Jones, the quarterback. What Mac Jones is going to do is he's going to improve upon his skill set. He's a smart quarterback. He's going to get smarter as he, you know, keeps learning how to decipher a defense. And this is who Mac Jones is. So from a ceiling perspective, I'd say, quote unquote, he's there. I hate when we talk about the ceiling, like as if somebody like as if the guy's going to grow an extra arm or, you know, he's going to put 10 kilometers an hour or five miles an hour on his on his pitch. He is who he is. He's just going to get better and he's going to develop the skill set. And he's going to get a little bit quicker. He's going to get a little bit stronger. He's going to be able to move around the pocket a little bit more. And I think that what we've seen from the early stages, he was NFL ready and he's going to get better. How much better does he get? I don't know. What was Tom Brady ceiling in 2001 or 2000 when he was drafted in the sixth round? We don't know how guys are going to develop. How many guys have come out that were supposed to be superstars? Ryan Leaf coming in right behind Peyton Manning, number two overall pick. Useless. Look at the Brady seven or the Brady six, whatever it is. All the guys drafted before Tom Brady what five of the six didn't have a career. So I have an issue talking about ceiling. I think we know who Mac Jones is and I think he's going to be better in the same way. We look at like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence and all those kind of guys. I think that they're going to improve. We know what their skill sets are. They're going to get a little smarter. They're going to get a little faster. They're going to get a little stronger. And that's who they are. Mike, I'll turn to you. Ceiling, floor, floor higher, ceiling lower. Agree with me. Don't agree with me. Yeah, I, I actually like the way Joe put this quite a bit because I think Mac Jones could be underrated at this point. There's a, You know, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. There's a lot of cogs on this team that may not be um, working quite in unison yet or, you know, quite the way they should be. So, you know, like, let's wait and see, you know, be patient. Uh he could become a master conductor in a year or two. I mean, let's look at Josh Allen. And I know Mario's hanging around, so it's you know, kind of a funny analogy. But two years ago, people were saying Josh Allen was trash. And now he looks like a great, you know, NFL ready, you know, going to lead the NFL for years to come, potentially. Since we're there, since we're there. I want to go to this because Chevy says ceilings exist for everyone else but Mac Jones. I've heard this argument already. It doesn't hold weight. Um, no, you haven't heard this argument from me because I don't believe that anybody has a ceiling. 
I don't believe, you know what I mean? Like, so this is the difference. It's not just Mac Jones. If you look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen is exactly who Josh Allen was as a rookie. That's my point. But what Josh Allen did was he took his skill set and he made it better. Right. Right. Nobody can nobody can predict how somebody's skill set is going to develop. You okay. look at the skill set. Tell me a quarterback who developed a brand new skill set throughout his career. Yes, Tom Brady got a little bit more elusive in the pocket. He improved on things he had, but he didn't become a running quarterback all of a sudden. Tom Brady was who he was. You know what I mean? So that's my whole thing is I don't believe in ceilings for anybody. I think Jamar Chase is who Jamar Chase is. I think that Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow to me is the same quarterback he was last year. He's just gotten stronger. He's gotten smarter. He's gotten better. That's my thing, Chevy. So I'm not saying that everybody has a ceiling but Mac Jones. I think everybody has the same ceiling. I hate the ceiling argument. What, you know, we like, what is, I've, I've heard things like, oh, what is Trevor Lawrence's ceiling? What it is right now. He's a good quarterback that can improve on everything. The only thing I think a player in any position can do is get smarter. That's where they can improve. They can get smarter on how they play the game. And that doesn't matter if you're a quarterback, wide receiver, offensive lineman, linebacker. I think you can become a smarter player as you see things more and more. When it comes to a developmental skill set, though, I don't believe in a ceiling at all. Guys either get better or they don't. So, right. Why why don't you – oh, you know why people don't change the narrative. Why they are always talk about ceilings while they should talk about floors? Because the floor is what you get. I couldn't care less if the guy has the high ceiling and never going to reach that point. You know, I want to see the floor. If people uh, look at the floor, they know what the least they can get. So if people start drafting for, for floors and not for ceilings, You know, you just quote the, the BS because you 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 just okay the the poetry in, in between is not so nice. You know, you can't uh, sell bags of OBS to the fans. That's that's crap because you don't going to sell uh, jerseys and and shit, and, and people will not expect the next coming of Jesus Christ in in the quarterback position, but. Okay, when you look at floors, you know what you get. And right now, look at all the quarterbacks that were chosen uh, in this year draft and tell me for what you see, people will will still draft, you know, the top two in the same positions because, you know, the, the, the ceiling. And now they are starting to say probably number three is Mac Jones. Bullshit. If if I'm if I'm a, a, a GM, if I'm if I'm, I'm if I'm going to pick a guy that's NFL ready, okay, I'm going to pick the one that is giving me uh, probably more hope to get to a point that I can improve. I never see a guy that's done great himself when he has good coaching. They're only going to get better with stronger arms, with 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 uh, with the, You know, you talk about uh, Chase. Chase went to to Boro, and Boro, yeah, he developed, but he also gets better uh, wide receivers. So that also helps, you know, the the people that you bring to help your your TV. So 
it's not about the ceiling, it's all about the floor. Because when you have a high floor, yeah, you could expect improvements all over the years. And this is the way that I see it. Probably is not the perfect narrative, but in my humble opinion, it's the best way to, to think uh, about what you are going to get in reality. Yeah. And I, okay, so I'm going to respond to this comment again. So it says players have comps always. It's a basis of comparison. Uh, that's why before the draft, you were comparing him to Chad Pennington. Agreed. 100% agree. I think there's comparison. However, I don't think from a ceiling perspective, I think from a skill set perspective. Because I a lot of the argument I heard about Mac Jones pre-draft was a lot of the pre-draft comparison was Matt Ryan. That, that was the ceiling. I'm like, they're not the same player. They're not the same player at all. You can't compare it to me. You couldn't compare Mac Jones. So to me, it was a Chad Pennington from a skill set perspective. I probably in a way could have said Tom Brady, but I was trying my best not to make the Tom Brady comparisons because we know where people go with that. I have no expectations of any quarterback ever reaching what Tom Brady reached and accomplished. So I think it's that. And I also got to be, I got to be straight up with you guys for a lot of things. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even remember making the Chad Pennington comparison. I don't doubt it. It sounds like something I would say. So I'm not even going to, uh, you know, it, it's, I kind of remember. I've been trying to draw that back. He's going to remember too. I do a podcast five days a week in the middle of the off season when there's nothing going on. I'm creating content. Sometimes I just say things and I'm just being, this is pure transparency for you guys. Sometimes I just, I say things because we talked about the same shit. This was a, a problem that Connor and I had. We, we talked about it. Like we talked about the same shit. It's one of the reasons I've expanded to talking more about the other sports and not just the, or other teams and not just the Patriots, because how many more times can we talk about Cam Newton? How many more times can we talk about Mac Jones? How many more times could we talk about this or that or everything else? Um, it's just what it is. My whole point was, as I was looking at Dundero, he's like, maybe, you know, is Belichick holding him back and this and that. And I was like, and a part of me was like, okay, I, I didn't get mad at him. Like a lot of people got mad at him on Twitter. I didn't get mad at him. I'm like, I see what you're saying. They're not opening up the playbook for, for him. However, I don't think you can have these conversations about a guy until he's two or three years in the career. And, and Mike, you said it perfect. Uh, you said it absolutely perfect when... You said Josh Allen, right? I loved Josh Allen's skill set. Uh, Mario's coming on. He can contest to this. Two years ago, I said jo Josh Allen was going to be the best quarterback in the AFC East because of his skill set. He just needed to polish and improve. I don't think that people's skill sets can – I don't think that people's skill sets – they can add skill sets. I think they can improve. And I like the, I actually like the Chad Pennington compar comparison because when you look – like when we're thinking about it now, when you look at – who Chad Pennington was, and you think about the injuries and what he could have became, he's probably Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not probably going to go down as a top 10 quarterback of all time. You know, like, it's it's hard to make that list. We just happen to live in an era where you can make an argument that, like, five of them are on that list, you know, when you start looking at it. But, um, yeah, uh, we got a couple minutes left before Mario comes in, so I'll throw it to you guys. I was just going to say that – and this is the one last thing is when people look at Mac Jones and with the, the clip that was played before this, this, this is a perfect example of, I think people forgetting that he's a rookie and people need to remember that we're putting a lot of expectations on this kid. that almost aren't fair. We're expecting him to be a Matt Ryan, 
uh, you know, Tom Brady and really year two, year three in year one. And people, people need to remember that. And, you know, you could tell by the animated, uh, you know, Muppet head swing that he was doing. He kind of forgot that I feel like in the middle of his rant. Well, that's Dondero though. I have a little bit of a soft spot for Dondero because he gave me my first opportunity on the radio, right? So I it's I try not to go too too no, hard. No, no, and I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be. But like that's Mark. If harsh. you watch, if you watch every clip he does, his head swings like crazy. Um, yeah, I'm not going to answer this. I'm just going to acknowledge that I saw it because this guy just like trolls. Um, pretty sure he's the one who was making fun of Love Vibration Nation after he died. So I just wanted to acknowledge I saw it, but I'm not going to answer it. Um, only not because you called me fat, man. I am fat. I agree with it all the time, but <laughs> because you talk shit about, about a dead man. Um, Terry says, got a valid point. Matt can only get better if the pieces around him get better. My boy, Brandon says, to be fair, Josh Allen, uh, got good because well, Buffalo got him number one receiver. That's true with everybody though. That's, That's true with, to me, it's true with every quarterback. The, the Tom Brady had Randy Moss for a while. He had Gronkowski, who's arguably the greatest tight end of all time. Right. Yeah. And I mean, what would, what would. Mac Jones look like right now without Hunter Henry. Like, come on, we went out and got him pieces too. Like, let's be fair. Yeah. Um, Chevy on production says that's fair, but the whole point is is that we analyze ceilings of other players. Fair enough. Then Mac is going to be held to the same standard, maybe not by you, but by the rest of the league. Yes, and by other. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what it is, right? There, there's, there's always going to be, you know, people are, there's always going to be comparisons, always going to be comparisons, right? People are mad because we didn't give nothing to get Mac Jones and he's quite good for his first year. You know, you don't give one, two, three first round picks for Mac Jones. It just fell into your lap and you just take it and say thank you very much and people doesn't you know since we get him so cheap uh, people are you know from other teams and even from our fan base we 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 just think okay if they, they treat him like we gave too much for him and we didn't you know it just fell into our laps and we just need to to take that with a smile and say thank you and enjoy what what is is at this moment that is perfect for this team what we are getting and and don't forget one thing when we were getting you know guys on free agency this team was not built for mac jones okay this yeah. team was not built for mac jones if you look at the cap space and this is the thing that i really really into is 30 seconds 30 seconds space I think we are going to have some surprise cuts next season. No, I, I agree with you as well. Uh, last address here to Chevy. You called this kid elite by week six. Chevy, you know me by God now. I'm the most overreactive fan on the place of the earth. You know that by now, dude. And and I'll say that Mac Jones is washed up in two weeks when they get you know when they get knocked to the playoffs. Mike Francisco, appreciate you guys coming on and uh, hanging out with me for 20 minutes. Uh, I hope you guys will be back Friday for the hangout, for the full hangout on Patreon. You're around, right, Mountain Man? Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, guys. Hopefully, I'll see you Friday. Mikey, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one, guys. That was my Patreon crew. Don't forget, you can join the conversation by joining the Patreon. 
page. Uh, good conversation, good banter back and forth. My boy Chevy, he he always brings it coming. Edward Chevy is not a troll. Chevy is a fantastic, fantastic guy. So uh, he's just he speaks his mind, man. He's a good he's a good kid. All right, guys, we're going to uh, cut away now. You're going to hear from my sponsors over at Symbol. It is brought by Symbol. We come back on the other side. We will have my boy Mario from Hashtag Sports. Hey guys, let me just take a few seconds here and tell you about my sponsors over on Symbol. If you've thought about investing in the stock market, but you're worried about making an investment because maybe you don't know enough about investing, or perhaps you're just not ready to put your money into crypto, why not invest into something you know all about, and that's the sports market. Symbol brilliantly combines sports betting and investment into all-in-one place. On Symbol, you can invest in your favorite teams like the New England Patriots or take a long-term investment on teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Show your sports know-how by buying, trading, and selling shares in all of your favorite college, NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA teams. You can also earn money for every win. You can invest in-season or out-of-season. It's up to you. Buy small, sell big. This is not some week-by-week gambling site where you can drop a wager on one game. This is your chance to be in it for the long haul. Be cautious, be aggressive, be a homer. It doesn't matter. Symbol is there for you to find the value and try to make you money. Symbol is offering an absolutely crazy promotion that I think they're insane for offering. However, click the link that I've left in the description and use the promo code DPN and Symbol will allow you to make a completely risk-free deposit up to $500. Use the promo code DPN and your deposit will be risk-free for 90 days, meaning if you lose money, don't like the market, don't like the website, whatever reason, you can withdraw your entire initial deposit no matter what. So go check out what I think is the coolest gambling and investing site in the world. I've left the link to the Symbol website in the description below. So I suggest you go check it out and show the world your sports know-how and how savvy of an investor you really are. Go check out Symbol by using the link that I've left in the description and make sure that you use that promo code and that promo code DPN and make a 90-day risk-free deposit for up to 5 Hundred dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, with that video, I bring in my boy Mario from Hashtag Sports. Mario, how you doing, brother? How's it going, man? Happy <laughs> New Year. Happy holidays. Everything else. First show back. Before you even speak, don't forget, go check out the Hashtag uh, Twitter page at Hashtag 2.0. Again, that's Hashtag 2.0. For those of you on the audio podcast, it's Hashtag 2, the number 0. 0.0. They only have 55 followers because Mario got their uh, Twitter account banned not just suspended banned so they have to start over make sure you go check out the hashtag sports youtube page and i was looking at that today and after looking at this uh, over on twitter and then looking at this you guys got to do some artwork on your youtube page man we do we do we do that's all delegate delegated to me who has zero experience as far as artwork and banners go so that a boy that a boy i just want to remind everybody you can find me over at deanblundell.com the podcast and the blogs go check me out on Newsbreak and make sure you join the patreon crew all right, uh, shameless plugs out for both of us. What's going on, man? How are you? Good to see you. It's been been a been a been a, been a minute. We talked a lot, but it's been a minute since we've been on here. Yes, that's true. It's been a minute. You uh, you decided to go on a hiatus, which is much deserved and much needed in the uh, in the the grind that you have, Ray. And can I, I be glad. real with you? What's I fucking that? hated it. I hated it. 
Dude, I got home from the cottage on <laughs> Tuesday, like Tuesday afternoon. I got home at like five o'clock and I was already itching to get on the podcast. But like, I was like sitting there like on Tuesday night, like at like six o'clock being like, I wonder if I call Lawrence, if I could get him on. I wonder if Mario will come on tomorrow. I wonder if I can get Mike on Thursday. Like I was already trying to like run the, run the boys up to see if I could get the, I can't do this shit on my own. You know what I mean? Like it's ever since Connor's like my partner, I'm like, I just can't do it anymore. I just don't know how to do it. Oh, um, so you're dependent on, uh. You're 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 Belichick then. You're dependent on somebody to help you. Out. Okay. No, no, I'm I'm Mario to Paul. You know what I mean? So it's. Uh... <laughs> I cannot do it by myself either. That's right. You know, I say I, I see Paul do shit by himself all the time, but he Mario does. is always with a partner. He's much more <laughs> well versed than I am. So yeah, we're just two loudmouth Italians who need the other guys there to kind of carry everything along. You, you know? know, you know, uh, you know what? Abbott needed Costello. Okay, that's it. That's, just, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> It. All right, so uh, listen, both teams in the playoffs, right? Regardless of what happens this weekend, both teams in the playoffs. I mean, I think for two guys from two opposite fan bases that get together once a week, it's probably best case scenario. No, absolutely. I think this is a this is a difference though. Um, that, and I was talking with a couple of Bills fans uh, this week. Um, you're starting to see a much more competitive AFC East, which is what I love. And you know, back in the day, uh, pre Brady, I would say. You know, you had you had Kelly, you had Marino, and you had a couple other guys that were coming into the, the league and whatnot. And then when Brady was there, it just seemed like there was no competition for the Patriots in the, in the East. It was like everyone was playing for a wild card spot, and there was really no teams were cycling quarterbacks. Teams were cycling. Te- they have like a couple flashes in the pan here and there, but the fact that you have two teams coming out of the AFC East, I think that's pretty awesome. And you almost had a third. I mean, yeah, the, the Dolphins were in tough. They had to win basically nine in a row, I think it was, to make the playoffs. Yeah. And it obviously fell short last week. However, if they can kind of pick up where they left off last, you know, this season, next season, you could have three teams going at it. And we assume in the next couple of years with Zach Wilson, the Jets could be there. And I mean, if all if you think about if all the quarterbacks turn out to be who we think they are, you're going to have a division that's going to have Josh Allen, uh, Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa. Zach Wilson for at least the next 10 to 15 years. You know what I mean? At least 10 yeah. years, all, yeah, all, all four of them together. I believe the East is the, I, I'm, someone could check me on this. I believe the East is the only division that has four defensive minded head coaches at the helm for their head. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. To me. In, in a league, that's a passing league. You got, you got McDermott, Soleil, um, Flores, and uh, who's that guy? Oh, Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. That, you, you know who I'm talking about. So I popped, <laughs> I, I, uh, I popped up this graphic when you were talking there uh because i stopped listening to you and decided to pop the graphic up but you see that right now four and five going at it you see those two teams i do the rubber match just terrifies me with that it really does uh because i i know i i've been in i've been covering obviously i've been a bills fan for a while and you know that bill belichick is probably one of the you know it's kind of like i equate it to this no one ever in hockey no one ever wanted to go against dominic hasek in a one game playoff because he will murder you. Oh, if you have Sabres one game fan. to coach and put a game plan to get to put a game plan together, Belichick terrifies me. He just does. That's just how he's been, and that's that's the mo on him. I mean, it's probably a little PTSD from Super Bowl twenty five and the game plan that he put together, just putting two defensive linemen in and then letting the Bills run. Yeah. So. <laughs> And obviously, he's talking about when uh, Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator of the New York yes. Giants. For everybody who started watching football three years ago, um, <laughs> do you know what's actually terrifying though for me? What's that? And I think it should be terrifying for you, and it should be terrifying for everybody in the AFC. That, that's what's terrifying. 
for those of you who are listening to the auto podcast, I just put up a graphic of Derrick Henry. Um, I don't know if you saw my tweet I put out today. I said the AFC had the chance to put them down. Not only did they not put them down, they allowed them to get the fucking buy because they're going to beat Houston this weekend. We know they are. (laughs) We allowed them to get the buy. They're not only do they get the buy, they're going to get the rest. Henry another week did not have to play and they're going to get AJ Brown back. They're going to get Julio Jones back. Mike Vrabel, in my opinion, is coach of the year as much as I want to say Belichick. I think Belichick will be executive of the year. I think Vrabel should be coach of the year with everything he dealt with. On top of all of that, and I know Ravens fans are saying John Harbaugh, shut the fuck up, John Harbaugh, with all his misses. (laughs) No, um, it's Mike Vrabel. And that defense is legit. Like People people don't realize that defense is no joke. Even when they played the Patriots, they kept saying everybody going to that week. I'm like, yes, they're missing Julio. they're They're missing their offense. That defense is for real. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't want to play them. I, I would play any team. I would play any team in the AFC right now than the Titans. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying we'd beat any team, but if you're like, hey, you got your best shot to win a game, I'd be like, all the other 13 teams. <laughs> you yeah, know, right? like, I'll, I'll, I'll take my best run. I don't want the Titans. Like, the, I, I believe people will, the general, which is weird because the general consensus right now, because the Bills and the Patriots both face the Titans. So that's, that's one thing we have experience, or the, those teams have experience playing those. Uh, playing the Titans, so that's why we're coming at it from that angle. But other team, other uh, people in the NFL that just like you said, March football from three years ago, Bengals are probably one of the hottest teams coming into it. But it's one of those things where the you know for me the Bengals they, they're they're more they're more of a team that's like they're really hot right now, beating up on some teams, throwing the ball over the yard, and come you know this time of year in January and you know into February, you got to be able to run the ball. And I don't see that I, I don't see that element consistent enough for the for the uh, for the Bengals. But being able to rest Derrick Henry, Vrabel, I agree with you 100. That guy, his in-game adjustments, watching the when the Bills played them, how he was able to manipulate and coach, you could tell that he spent a lot of time with Belichick. And I think didn't Belichick and him have like a little cat and mouse game at one point when they were, you know, at the end of the game, trying to run out the clock or, you know, pump well, or do something. he, he basically, so Belichick found the loophole and did it to the jets where yeah. if you take penalties, I think with like under five minutes left, if you take like a false start in that, the, the clock keeps running. And yeah. so either you got to force the other team to take a timeout or you didn't know they changed the, I believe they changed the rule after that year. So Belichick exposed it. And that's the whole, there's, there's a <laughs> meme out there because Belichick on the sideline with this like big smile on his face, laughing about it that he's doing this rule, and then Vrabel does the same thing to him in the wild card game, and <laughs> fucking Belichick is miserable, screaming at the referee the whole time it's happening as he kind of gets his just dessert. So, oh god, it was it. I do got a question here for you. Yeah, uh, King Cato says, "What about Mac Jones scares Mario from hashtag uh, the most going forward?" So I don't think we're talking about this game. You know, the rubber match. I think we're just talking yeah. the next few years what what scared i i don't know what scares the right word but what what worries you about having to play mac jones on a two two times a year uh the thing that scares me about jones is that he eventually is going to progress to the point where he is he is not going to turn the ball over and he's going to start making better decisions in the pocket back there i really think that um there's a reason why you know you know we i always talk about the relationships in the nfl and context in the nfl and what goes on but the, it's the relationship between saban and belichick that i think is huge and for the first time ever for belichick to take a guy that saban has coached obviously saban endorsed him for him enough for to trade up and take mac jones i mean this is the, like the first round picks you are expected to win a super bowl however 
I think Jones is balanced enough right now that the ghost of Tom Brady, I don't think that bothers Jones. I think a lot of quarterbacks coming into the situation in New England, you talk about in the past, Rodgers coming in for Favre. You talk about Young coming in for Montana. It's probably the closest comparison that you can get to a quarterback coming into a champion-winning organization and having a lot of pressure on him. I don't think that bothers Jones. And the fact that that doesn't bother Jones, moving forward as a quarterback, as he progresses and as he starts to grow, is terrifying because then what else could you do to rattle him in the pocket? You can't. It's funny you say that, and I'm not going to talk about his growth because we just did half an hour on that. But what I'm going to get at here, though, is – I haven't said this out loud yet, but it's something that's actually been in my mind the last couple of weeks. But the same way I'm labeled as a quote unquote butt hurt Brady hater, I'm also uh, labeled as a quote unquote uh, Cam Newton hater, which I'm not. I was, I supported that guy more than he deserved last year. <laughs> However, when when Cam Newton was signed to the Patriots last season, my take on it was, okay, my first take was like, oh, they're playoff contenders again. But like again, near the end of the season when it all went to hell and people are like, get this guy out of here. My thing was. There was probably no quarterback in the NFL who could come into New England the year that Tom Brady left, be able to handle the sort of media frenzy and fan frenzy around that the same way, like no quarterback in the, no current quarterback at that time could have done it, but Cam Newton, I believe Aaron Rodgers would have crumbled under the the pressure. I really do. I think think there would have been expect because expectation would have been very high on him. You know what I mean? Like, I think he already has that on himself though. He does. I, I've got a whole thing. I've been I've been on this for like a week. I'm not going to go. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would be a fit on the Patriots in general. It's it's no. really something I feel. Mm-mm. But I thought he's the only quarterback who could have done it. And then Mac Jones came in. And what I've said is is Cam Newton didn't replace Tom Brady. He was the placeholder for Tom Brady's replacement. That's what I always say. Like he placeholded mm-hmm. because he was never going to be the long term solution to New England. Even though a few some people, me included, thought he could be here. You know three, four years, maybe be a little bit of a long-term guy. I think Mac Jones has handled coming in here, having to, number one, play against Brady, where for the first three weeks of the season, while he's trying to learn to be an NFL quarterback, he's being asked about Tom Brady. He came out, had the greatest line of all time when they asked him, uh, when they asked him, you know, what have you seen about Tom Brady? What have you heard about him? Like this and that, like as if no one's heard of Tom Brady before. And he goes, yeah, I, I watched some film. He he did some good things here in New England. And <laughs> just like the most downplayed thing on the earth. And I think it was finally like Matthew Judon that was finally like, what the fuck do you want us to say? <laughs> like, do you want us to say like, we're not even going to bother playing? Like, no, he's the other fucking quarterback and we're going to be out there trying to hit him and we're going to be there. But I thought he's done a solid job. And I, I turned around and really said it. I think he's done a better job transitioning He's never talked about Tom Brady once. Cam Newton talked about Tom Brady a few times. You Mm. know what I mean? And I thought, I said, I think he's actually handled this better than Cam did coming in last year under the sort of shadow of Brady. Because I think Mac, just from a Patriots fan perspective and what the media's written, I think Mac was more under Brady's shadow than Cam Newton was last season. Even though it was a different year, different time, I really do. Dude, oh, go ahead. You talk about, uh, see, the thing was, Cam was established. I think in the NFL, he'd already won MVP. He'd already won to a Super Bowl. It was really okay. He's playing with house made money. a business decision. Yeah, he made a business. Decision. He was playing with house money. Mac Jones, I, it seems to me, completely bought into the system and what system to go into with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. 
Uh, I know you guys you guys have your reservations about McDaniels and some of his play calling, and I understand that, but he is a seasoned play caller who's been with Belichick for a long time, and Belichick has been running the show there for a long time. You talk about a quarterback coming into a scenario that was built for him, probably better built than <clears throat> the scenario that Lamar Jackson went into in Baltimore where he went to Greg Roman. <laughs> you know, Roman maximized uh, Jackson's skill set. He really did. He has, like, listen – I'm going to build this offense around you. It's not so much that the offense is built around Jones' skill set, but his skill set is perfectly fit for the EP up in New England. All right, so going to move on. Agree with you. Yep. You're the, by the way, you're the only guest, no matter what, whether you're a regular guest or another guest that ever brings up the EP system. <laughs> I just, I just love like you're like nobody. I don't hear anybody talk about it, but. <laughs> But hashtag sports, and I, I just I love every second of it. Guys, I'm here with Mario from hashtag sports. Yes, he's a Buffalo Bills commentator. Yes, we got to deal with that, but he's a good guy. Make sure you go check them out on Twitter at hashtag 2.0, and make sure you go check out their YouTube page, hashtag sports. Every once in a while, I make an appearance on there, and I do no advertisement. I'm going to be there. I just show up. So yes. I show up even when I'm not there. I send messages for him to read to his audience. <laughs> and awesome. I, you know, I'm going to give your audience a big shout-out because a lot of them are all saying nice things about me when you read that message that i sent out so i i appreciate the hashtag yeah. nation that's what you call them hashtag nation, right? hashtag I, nation yep. I appreciate hashtag nation as well because uh, you know what i go on i go on other buffalo bills channels where i get just murdered when i'm on there um <laughs> for the most part i find your 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 audience to be pretty pretty decent with me you know so you can pass on a message shout out to the hashtag nation and i know Absolutely. a few of them um now follow me here and and write and every once in a while i see things like apex pop up and i'm like oh hey what's up <laughs> nice. man how's mario <laughs> all right so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be transparent with everybody here i texted mario today and i was like hey what should we talk about tonight what's a good buffalo bill story thought you know a lot of things like, he sent me like a, he sent me a softball he's like you we talk about you know how tradavius white hasn't been an issue i wanted to respond with yet right yep. wait till the playoffs mm -hmm. and you got patrick mm -hmm. mahomes or somebody throwing however Yep. Threw me another one. But uh we decided to go this way. <laughs> we decided to go at um Josh Allen, I think, eliminating himself from the MVP uh conversation, even though he probably Ooh. Ooh. probably wasn't there anymore when you look at the odds. You know what I mean? He was falling down. Okay. Um three interceptions. A lot of other stuff. I'm not gonna read all this stuff. I'm preparing a story for newsbreak on this, but he was given a passing grade of an F from Sal um, Mariana. However, I want to read this one to you because I think this is interesting and I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go in a direction you didn't think I was going to go. So I'm going to okay. read this little piece from you. Okay. So this comes from uh, Jim Kabiak. Kabiak. Does that make sense to everybody? Buffalo something. The Buffalo News. Jim Kabiak says, a look at Josh Allen's statistics from Sunday's victory against the Atlanta Falcons would suggest that he played poorly, but the film review indicates this was not the case. Allen completed just 11 of 26 attempts, 42.3% completion percentage, while throwing three interceptions and no touchdowns. Yet his overall performance grade was a 92.15%, demonstrated that he protected the football with smart decisions despite his three interceptions and fell victim to circumstance on five plays that were out of his control. You watch the game. I watch the highlights. So let's talk about this. Three interceptions, 11 completions, three, uh, sorry, three interceptions, 11 completions, two rushing touchdowns, average 5.4 yards per carry. 
uh, on 15 yard, 15 carries for 81 yards. Devin Singletary, 100 yards rushing. I think that was your first 100-yard rushing game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, out of a running back. Out of a running back. I think Allen had one at Tampa. Yeah. I'm going to make um, an observation here. And I know that the pass game wasn't working. You, you're not going to expect that going forward. But you got Singletary running. Uh, now, granted, you weren't playing a great Atlanta defense, and you probably he probably should have put up 500 yards on them. Mm-hmm. There was a risk, and I did do a story about it on DeanBlundell.com this week and on Newsbreak. I said there was a risk that the Buffalo Bills, after a big emotional win at Gillette Stadium, could be set up for a letdown game. And the first half looked like a little bit of a letdown game. The defense let Atlanta back to take the lead. Um, I had a little bit of a laugh from your Twitter page. I was trying to find the tweet, I was gonna, but I couldn't find it today. But one of you tweeted, oh, Atlanta blew a halftime lead. How surprising. And it was like this sarcastic thing. And I was like, all right. It sounded, that sounded like a Paul thing to me. I didn't know. That was, was me. That, that was was me, it you? 100%, yep. <laughs> and I, I just thought when I saw it, I was like, okay, they're up by one point. It's not like they had like a 14-point lead. It was, <laughs> it was 15-14 at the half. Um <laughs> But things did not look good in, in the half, just looking at the, the stat boxes, just looking at everything, and then everything, you know. If you didn't watch the game, you turn around, you just see 29 to 15. You watch the game, you watched Allen, you watched them run, you watched Singletary run, you watched the 11 for 25. I heard the weather wasn't great. That did bring this up right here. Uh, Josh Allen home and uh, road records at home. He's got a 60.8% completion percentage, 1,800 yards, 6.2 yards per average, 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's got a quarterback rating of 85.8. On the road, 67.1, 2,300 yards, 7.6, 19 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, 99.4. And, of course, this brings the whole the Bills need a dome tweet. Um, I'm going to admit to you, I haven't really followed the whole Bills need a dome uh, too closely. I've seen it pop up from time to time. I'm aware of it, but I haven't done my research to be like, what is this all about? But to me, from what I'm gathering from a very outside perspective, and if this is not the case, you need to tell your fan base to shut up because this is what they're giving me. And I've set this up and I know I've talked a lot. I'm going to shut up now guys and give Mario the floor for as long as he wants, (laughs) but tell me about the game. And is there a concern about Josh Allen playing in bad weather? Is that why the dome is such a prevalent thing? I mean, he, he puts stats. It's not like it's like, hey, I'm a fan. I'm cold. I want to sit in a dome. I get it. I'm from Toronto. I would want to, too. We have similar weather. However, he was he, he used Allen's stats to make an argument that Buffalo needs a dome. We've been in this game a long time, Ray. We've been in this game. People will use stats and skew them any which way they want. You know, it, the, the dome discussion in Buffalo is probably the vax versus non-vax for the country. That's how big that this issue is, is going on in Buffalo with people talking about dome versus dome. I don't think it's that big of an issue. Um, the weather was a little bit bad. You know, we talk, it wasn't even close to the first matchup between the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills weather, how bad that was. I don't personally think that the Buffalo Bills need a dome. This guy played in Wyoming. Like, can we, can we just, you guys want to say where he played college? Like, it wasn't like he was playing in Florida. And he guy played in Wyoming. So he knows what bad weather is and he's got the arm to cut through the air in bad weather. So that's, you know, you talk about a, a, a team that's still, what he still threw what 40, 40 times, 50 times against the Patriots in that game at, at um, 30, in right? Buffalo? 30 in the windstorm 30 he still through through still through 30. And he had some that, that still cut through the wind. So I don't think that to me, 
if you're asking me personally, I don't think the Buffalo Bills need a dome. I think they're doing that to try to increase because the team is good now. So a lot more people are invested in it. Therefore, a lot more people might pay for a new stadium, which has been a point of contention for a lot of years in Buffalo. When the Buffalo Bills were in that drought, nobody was going to pay for a new stadium for a team that, that wasn't very good. Now, you look at them now, they're like, okay, now we need a new stadium. And they've been talking about possible things that are going to go on with the stadium. They may have a retractable roof. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think that's a big deal. This is a game that was started to be played outside. It should be played outside. To me. Is Buffalo a bandwagon city in the sense of – because Toronto's like that, right? Like uh, the Blue Jays will average 13,000 attendance until they're in the playoffs, and then they average 50,000 attendance. Because here was the one thing – and uh, I only know this because they used to always do this on our, they had a Toronto radio station here every day and, or uh, every day, every day they have the station, uh, uh, whatever they do every week after a bill's home game. And they haven't done this in a couple of years, but after every bill's home game, they would say what percentage of the bills fan base crossed the border, like came from Canada to the U S and uh, there was a statistic about, I think five years ago that for like almost 15 years straight, which would have been in the, dead heat of the losing streak right in the playoff yep, drought yep, yep. like 40 percent of the stadium was canadians that crossed that jumped the border to go <laughs> over that that went jumped the border to go over and watch the game right now so a part of me i didn't know where it changed and where that change came like if it changed or whatever and i mean it makes sense when you're a border country you're gonna have bills fans are gonna drive over it's actually probably closer to drive to buffalo than it is to come to toronto to watch a leaf game however i was like man if that's still that 40% rule, let's pretend, I was like, how are they going to fill up the stadium? Because don't forget, the first like two months of the, of the season, we weren't allowed to cross the border. You, you, U.S. had the border closed on us, yeah. so we couldn't go over and watch a game. Yeah. But you guys you guys have been sold out. You guys have been full. Uh, I know that because I can get the game on TV here because we have the black the blackout rules apply to Toronto for Buffalo. That's our really? closest thing. Yeah, oh, so God. there was a lot of blacked out Buffalo games growing up. That's hence why I'm a Patriots fan. I saw a lot more Patriots games and I saw Buffalo games based on the blackout rules, right? Because we would fall under the blackout under television. So that's why I was asking, are you guys like when things are good, the stadium is, is full of Buffalo. Like everybody's on, like everybody's talking Buffalo and everybody's talking bills. Like, cause I know, like I can, I know that back when the Sabres were good and going to the Stanley cup finals and, you know, um, Brett Hall, the, you know, foot in the crease and, and yeah. Lindy Ruff, no goal last words of the summer. Yeah. Um, I know that there was a, I knew a lot of Buffalo Bill or Buffalo Sabres fans until they got bad again. And now I don't know any Buffalo Sabres fans. You know what I mean? So it's, I'm just wondering like Toronto's like that though, right? Like when the team is great outside yeah. of the Leafs, when I, the team is great. I don't, I don't think so. I think I, I, because you know, over the drought, over the years of the drought, I think I went to more game personally. I went to more games during the drought than I did any other year. Um, I haven't gone to a game since they've been out of it. Since Allen's been a part of the team, I don't think I've went to one game. You know what I mean? Really? And that's that's a reason to go to the game is to watch Josh Allen. And I'm going to say, I, don't, honestly, don't be I, I mean, stupid I, like me, eh? Don't be stupid like me. I went to Buffalo games pre-Tom Brady. I've never seen Tom Brady play football live. Really? Yep. Wow. That's 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 a little Easter egg you should have put in the Patreon. That's pretty funny. Though. I went to <laughs> – I had tickets to go to Buffalo. First of all, people need to know, since I've been about 16 years old, I hate live sporting events. I prefer <laughs> to sit at home. I find you, I like to watch games and I find in the stadium, you miss half the game and you don't get to see the replays and you're drunk and you're whatever. Like you're just not, it's not the same. 
I have a big screen TV. I like to plot myself there. I like to see every angle. I like, the, I don't like uh, sporting events. I don't like people. So you're around a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. But in 2011 or 2008, I bought tickets to go down to Buffalo and, and uh, New England. And there was no Tom Brady. I watched Matt Castles play because Tom Brady had torn an ACL. And I haven't, that's when I got into the fight in Buffalo and said, I'll never go back ever again. <laughs> I'll welcome you in, Ray. That's, that's fine. No, but I, I have the, obviously the older that I've gotten, I mean, it's better when the bathroom's 10 feet away than when you got to walk and fight people for it, especially people that have been recently a half hour ago, probably put through a table, you know, they're not really the most you know sensible individual. You mean this? I will never, I will never endorse that. I think it's the dumbest thing <laughs> ever, but you know what though? I, if I'm going to go to a game and I'll, I'll disagree with you on this point. If I'm going to go to a game, I try to get the end zone as high up as I can. Because so you can see the whole field. If I had a choice, if if TV actually gave me a choice of where I would like to watch the game and they filmed it, please give me the end zone cam all day. Like, because I could watch the sideline cam. That's fine. I want to see how the trenches are working. I want to see how the routes are being run. I want to see what's that will tell you so much about a game if you're level headed. Because I don't, I don't really drink. I don't get hammered at games. I'm usually the one driving. So I'm. That's I love the end zone. Because you, you know you what? see so much about the game. Though. Can you just be honest? You were a wide receiver, right? I was a quarterback. Well, you were a quarterback, so even yeah. better. That's why you're looking at it. You, you watch the game like that because you're a quarterback. Last week, I got asked on Patreon how I watch a game, right? And, like, what do I look for when I'm watching a game? Yeah. And I was, I was explaining how I watch the defensive ends. And I like to see – I don't watch. No matter who's on, I watch the defensive <laughs> ends. That's what I'm locked on to see whether they drop into coverage or if they go into a, into a rush. And then as soon as I see what they do, I watch the line to see what the offensive line is doing. I hardly ever see the ball leave the quarterback's hands. Like I'm literally like focused on the line the entire time. But I was a lineman, so that's like where my attention automatically draws. But I'm like, listen, that's why I know how many times Judon drops into coverage. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you guys don't have any idea. How, if you pay attention, how often those red sleeves drop into coverage. It's phenomenal. You think he's just a pass rusher, but he's not. He's in coverage a lot. <laughs> you should see – oh, my God, right? You should see – when I watch it, obviously, after I was done with my football career, I went into coaching, and I did film breakdowns for years. So that's how I watch the game. Is it because they'll break? They'll come to the line. Okay, they're in a they're in the trips open. They got one back. Okay, the lines lining up. They got a like. They got. It looks like they got six in the box. And then all of a sudden, you'll hear me say, "Where the hell's the other safety? What 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 uh, defense are they in?" Because I want to know. Because that will determine obviously what play gets called and whether or not I know it was a successful play or not a successful play. But like that is like something that's not turned off. That's been ingrained in my head for so long. Is that I'm always doing that. I'm like, okay, they're they're in doubles. Yeah, they're going to do one mo zip motion across. Allen's calling. Oh, he called a kill. Well, I'm, See, you're a quarterback because you're a quarterback. That's why. Because you're a quarterback, and I was I an can offensive lineman. I never enjoy a game though. That's the problem. I can never enjoy the game. Well, let me ask you something because I opened up about this on a different podcast the other night, but um, it's not something I usually talk that publicly about. But I also was talking to my family about shit. I think we talked about it last night with me and Lawrence, but. I was telling someone the other day, like, I don't watch football like you watch football anymore. Like, that's what I was saying to my dad, right? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't watch as a fan. Like, I can't just sit back and be like, 
the dumb fan. I sit there like, first of all, I'm like, how do I turn this into content? That's my first choice. Like, is this is this good enough for content? Number two, how can I analyze this game for people? How can I break it down in a way that the people who know what happened don't think that I'm patronizing them? And the people who don't know what happened understand what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, I always yeah. go through this this thing, and I mean the podcast. Yes, this is entertainment. This is why I try to be fun. But like when I do like news break stuff, I'm doing fucking breakdowns of stories and plays, and I'm trying to like do the real shit. Anyways, I gotta jump here. Um, so I I laid out the bad stuff about Josh Allen. However, yeah. I do want to point this out to everybody. Um, he has the most touchdown throws on 10 plus yards this season, which means that man can throw deep if he needs to. Um, and he's also the third highest graded quarterback in the NFL. The two guys ahead of him actually surprised me. Okay, Joe Burrow, I see a little bit, but I didn't realize that Justin Herbert was so uh, far up there. You saw what that tweet came out of, right? It was PFF. Yeah. Yeah. I know you don't like PFF. You know, you have, listen, you're you know, a traditional stats guy. You hate analytics. You got to be like me. I don't hate it. I just don't. I am a middle. When they, when they try telling me that a guy had a bad game because of two plays and the guy ends up having like three passes defense and a pick that turns the tide of the game. Like, don't tell me that he had a bad game. Funny. Like, you didn't, you didn't argue this one from PFF. But you argued you this done yet. from PFF. No, no, I, I, <laughs> both of those are, are really because, like, well, that's a traditional what's, what's stat. Really that's a number? traditional stat. Yeah, that's a yeah, traditional stat. That's what is, what is something that you, you know, because that's an argument to, uh, that's that's a whole probably a whole a whole show for you, Ray. Is the fact that is our wins a quarterback stat? No. See, see, that's that's a, and that's a discussion that a lot of people like to have. Well, so, the the thing about stats is, you know, it's the same with analytics, and it's the same with everything. You can totally use them to your advantage. I can yeah. take the same set of stats and have both sides of the argument and use the same stats the same way or in different ways. Like, and use the stats to both prove and disprove my argument. You're a traditional stats guy. I'm not an, I'm actually what's known as a middleman um, because <laughs> I believe in A, the eye test. I think that too many people don't rely on the eye test anymore, and the eye test is huge. I think stats. Yes, are very important, but again, they can be misleading. And I believe in analytics. I also, though, okay, PFS a little different. I actually unsubscribed my. I got rid of my membership for almost a year. I just went back to it mainly because it just helps create content. You know what I mean? I'm going to oh, be honest great. with everybody. However, if you want to have go look at some real what are called analytical stats, check out Player Profiler. Yep. And they do some cool stuff like true pass percentage where they calculate pass percentage and they take away throws that like aren't the quarterback's fault. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like the yeah. one that bounces out of the receiver's hands and yep. those kind of things. And, but they also take away the ones that shouldn't have been caught that were just like tipped by the defender. It should have been picked off and somehow your receiver got, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They delete all that kind of stuff. So you got a guy who's got like a, a, a 69 per completion percentage, but then their true completion percentage could be like 72. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Justin comp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at Mahomes this year, I'm going to defend Patrick Mahomes a little bit and I hate defending Patrick Mahomes, but like Tyree kills forgotten how to catch the football. <laughs> like he just like he well, just like has they did, crazy they did a statistic drops as well i mean they did another statistic as well i think josh allen is up there with brady as far as most drop drops. touchdown passes drop touchdown passes so it's like he has eight 
And then people like say, well, just add eight to his total. No, no, no. That's not how that works. Cause you don't know if there was a drop touchdown and then Allen ran it in like two yeah. plays later. You don't know that, you know? No. Well, and that's the thing, right? And and I always say like, people are like, oh, if this play doesn't happen, the game changes. And I'm like, eh. you don't know what the next se- sequence of events are going to be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, I look at, here's my thing. I think that you look at the Super Bowl 53 when the Patriots beat the Rams 13 to three. Wow. I truly believe though, if the Rams were scoring touchdowns, the Patriots would have scored touchdowns. I think that flows of games do change. You know what I mean? That was a very pace game. I think that when you're in the lead, even by three, the urgency level, I think if I'm going to say this, I think if Brady goes down by 10, him and McDaniels feel a little bit more urgency. Maybe there's a few more trick plays that they weren't calling, a few more misdirections they weren't. They ran a very basic game plan if you look at what they did against the Rams because they're terrified of Wadefield's defense, right? Yeah. However, when you get put into situations, look at the 24-3 comeback against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the other week. You know what I mean? Josh Allen, let's face it, basically just said, fuck you guys, I'll do it myself. You know, you ever seen The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler? Mm-hmm. when they stop blocking for him and he's yeah. like all right i'll just do it myself to snap the ball and he just takes off down the field that was pretty much josh allen in that game to me he was just like you know what fuck you guys i'll do it myself just fuck off if i could figure out how to throw and catch myself i'll do that too you yeah. know like yeah that and i think from that lunge that he had near the end zone is that he wanted to end the game there like, he was done he was yeah. really done i so to me i think that you can't look at a game and say, well, if this one thing happened, it's a change. Unless it's like a pass interference on the last play of the game. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like something that happened in the first quarter should not affect the fourth quarter. I say that all the time. Like people still blame Steven Gostowski for the Patriots not going to four straight Super Bowls. Instead, they went to one, missed one, then went to three. And they lost by one point to the Broncos on a missed extra point that Steven Gostowski kicked in the first quarter. Yeah. I don't blame a kicker and say it's his fault when it was the first fucking quarter of the game. Your offense had three quarters to make up for that missed kick. You know what I mean? Now, if it's the last kick of the game and that's where it's missed, you now it's are, on the kicker. Do you want to fight tonight? Do you okay, want to fight? What, you're going to blame a fucking kicker for a first no, quarter first miss? Of all, no, this, this, is how, this is what you do, right? This is how subtle you are. and This is how talented you are at the same time. Number one, you're talking about a pass interference play on the last play of the game, which lost the game for the Bills this year, number one. Number which two. Game? Which game? Which game? I can't. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Because Tampa I'm, Bay? I'm laughing too much. It was Tampa Bay. It was Tampa Bay. On the that, last didn't, play. That, that didn't lose the game for you guys because you got the ball in overtime. You but won the, the coin toss. This. The point is this. You're you like, avoided. He's just you, fucking avoiding the whole fact. Yeah, I'm going to my next point. Okay, this is what you do. The extra point you talked about discussing, he's like, and then, oh my God! <laughs> then he way, calmly can... says, "It's not like it was the kick on the last play of the game." Jeez, what was the closest that the Buffalo Bills got? To oh the no! Bowl, I Ray? swear to fucking God, I wasn't bringing. <laughs> I swear to God, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think. Of... Now I will. Norwood, yeah, fuck it, yeah. Wide right, wide right. Dick. I didn't that was just amazing. The pass interference, I was thinking of Stefan Diggs, to be real with you. That was Tampa Bay. I was like, that was it Tampa? I thought there was another game they had another late. I uh, just remember the Tampa one. That's the one that Bills fans were all fucking going ballistic about on Twitter. I remember that. Oh, um, yeah. Cause he like, yeah, he was getting, yeah. 
they didn't call it on Diggs, and they called it on Buffalo in overtime. My whole thing was, though, my whole piece on that was you got the ball in overtime. You should have scored. You shouldn't have went three and out. That's just my, my the, the opposite argument then goes differently and it always it slants towards the referees being consistent. Okay, if you're gonna call it one way, call it the other. <sighs> Don't give me fucking listen, listen though, but it's They're not like bad the, the referees have been I say this to everybody. The referees, because Chiefs fans are fucking just obnoxiously disgusting this week and nauseating the way they're complaining about the refs. Like it's just getting fucking nauseating at this point. Listen. Chiefs fans, especially that number one, go fucking watch your Super Bowl win against San Francisco, where like every call went your way. You had helmet to helmets on that play. Pass interference is nothing. I also like to remind everybody that Nikhil Harry scored a touchdown to tie up a game against the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago, and they fucking called them, marked them out of bounds. And because Belichick was out of challenges, because your fucking stupid calls throughout the game, he had to waste them all. And upon replay, it's not like he tiptoed the line. He was literally a yard away from the out of bounds mark, and they marked him out of bounds. Like you got to look at the replay. I, I don't want to copyright myself, but look at it one day. It's 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 it gross. Out. It's gross. Anyways, I want to throw this question at you. Yep. Okay, where in your mind does Josh Allen rank amongst the current NFL quarterbacks? Do you want mine first or second? Do you want my ranking first or do you want it second? You go first, Ray. Yeah. Third. Okay. Who do you have in front? And by, we'll say like a top five. Who do you have in front and who do you have behind him? I have Aaron Rodgers in front of him. Aaron Rodgers, number one. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, number two. Okay. Josh Allen, number three. Joe Burrow, number four. That's my quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, number five. Ooh. I like all of those. I really do like all of those. And you know what? Currently... Because you said currently, I'm talking this season. I'm not talking all time. This season, no, no, you're, I know you're talking, about, you're talking about this season. If you're talking currently in the NFL, yeah. you could have any one of those guys in the number one spot and make an argument. You could, you really Just, could have an argument. To me, after I saw yeah. Aaron Rodgers' game against the Vikings last week, and I know they were playing oh. with Kirk Cousins, all that, but after I watched that game, I'm still arguing Jonathan Taylor's MVP. Like I'll still have that argument, but I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like to me, if it was, if it is the two, mo- the two race between Brady and Rogers, it's fucking Rogers. It's clear and simple that it's Rogers. Like it's not even close to my book in that one. Yeah. I, it actually infuriates me. If you look at the odds that Jonathan Taylor is so far behind Brady, like it's really Rogers and Brady. We're like, it should be Rogers and Taylor in my mind. And then, man, then you can start talking Brady. Like Brady's playing without weapons. I get it, but that's not number one and two for me right now. It's just not. Yeah, to me, it's 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 one of those things where and that's always been an argument with Brady for years. We're not going to get into that discussion, but if you remove, because there's always two questions, always twofold. Number one, is the guy, if you is the guy most valuable to his team or the league? What is it? How do you how do you break it down? Because if you remove any of those guys from those teams, obviously the quarterback position. That's why it's so highly coveted. If you remove Taylor, I don't think that offense does anything. I really don't, even though that offensive line is pretty disgusting. Jonathan Taylor right now is having an MVP season, and he, he should is. be highly regarded as maybe one or two. Rodgers is the other guy. I mean, Rodgers' numbers aren't as good as what they were last year, but he's still – you talk about a maestro of the game, a most most valuable player to his team coming in, you know, and we, we were robbed of it. It was weird because we were robbed of watching the Mahomes uh, Rogers matchup. Yes. So 
that yes. may be one of those things that people people want to see that matchup. I know people want to see that matchup. Oh, of course um, they do. It's like people, would, let's face it, people wanted to see Mahomes Brady in the Super Bowl. Like, let's really face it, right? That it was the trill, it was like their fourth game that they played. You know what I mean? And, and, people, yeah. and, and now it's got to be Rodgers Mahomes. There's always going to be those things. My thing about Rodgers is my only, like, my thing about Rodgers and Taylor, and this is why Josh Allen's not there for me. I was with you guys, not maybe you, but with your fan base at the beginning of the season because he was a front runner for me at the beginning of the season, right? Mm-hmm. I know he missed the game because of COVID. But Aaron Rodgers, outside of week one, hasn't had a stinker. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't had a game, and neither has Jonathan Taylor. Those two guys consistently, in the crunch time, I would would argue that even though it's kind of middle of the season, like that Jacksonville game, that was a big game when you look at what happened to the – what happened to the standings very shortly after that, Mm -hmm. right? Because then you lost – they lost to Jacksonville. They beat the Jets. They lost to the Colts. They lost to the Patriots. And next thing you know, we're going from Buffalo being the number one seed to Buffalo being the number six seed and the Patriots being first in the AFC East and then eventually taking the first seed in the East. Now, I know things have flipped on its head, whatnot, but we're going to the last game of the season. Okay, you're playing – Buffalo's playing the Jets. They control their own destiny. Fine. You're going to – they're going to win. I don't, like, let's not all be stupid, right? They're going to win. <laughs> However – I texted you today, and I will fully admit my ignorance. I had to text Aunt Matt or Mario today to ask him the math because the Patriots are still in the running for the number one seed. Now, yep. weird shit has to happen. The Bills aren't. The Bills cannot win the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And you look at those games like Jacksonville, and even though I know that you failed a history test in 1996, and I know that that was your fucking tweet because I can tell the difference between you and Paul on those ones, even though you failed uh, you failed a history test in 96. That Jacksonville game is one of those games now that are coming back to bite you when you're looking at the overall standings and you're looking at where they could have been because oh, yeah. Buffalo could have been in the number one seat at the moment. You know that what I mean? Really st- that could have been the stinker. But then you look at you look at the games that the Buffalo Bills have won. They exercise a little bit of demons with Kansas City. The, Allen slips on a fourth down call against the Titans when they were down three. They beat the Titans. It doesn't matter about that Jacksonville game now. Because no, then they have a game in hand, is my point. But they lost that game, though. And that's where I'm saying, when I'm looking at MVP. Oh, I'm no, I'm saying is, you could ignore Jacksonville yes, if they yes. beat the Titans. Yes, but I'm they saying. didn't. Okay. Yeah, and they didn't. Okay. And so when I'm talking MVP, Allen slipped. You had the, the shutout against Jacksonville. I mean, I know I had some fun with it on Twitter over the weekend. but Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. But away from all that, I didn't see that in Rodgers. I didn't see that in Taylor. Those guys came up and performed every single, even in losses, you can't look at a loss and be like, fuck Aaron Rodgers played like shit. You know what I mean? Now there's people not voting for Rodgers because of the whole Vax thing. Which is weird. It's weird because even if he was vaxxed, he would have missed that game, which is why I'm not holding it against him. Right? Like people Mm -hmm. are like, well, he missed the game because he caught COVID and he's not vax. So, you know, that hurt his team. And I was like, and I, at first I bought into that. I was like, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Like he's not vaxxed. He missed. Then I was like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Even if he was vaxxed, he would have missed the game. You know what I mean? So it wouldn't have mattered. So to me, I eliminated that. That's now out of the conversation because it made no difference. Mm -hmm. It's not the new rules. It wasn't the five day isolation period now. It was the old rules where everybody was 10 days. So it's like, it doesn't matter when he's been on the field. And I think that game to me proves how valuable Aaron Rodgers is to his team because uh, who was it that um, the Cowboys won without Dak this year? You know what I mean? They beat the Cardinals without Dak. (laughs) Without Dak Prescott. 
yeah. which to me immediately eliminated him from any Cowboys fan trying to tell me Dak Prescott's the MVP of the league. You know what I mean? And I get one game, but it's proof that you don't need Dak to win. You know what I mean? And I would look and say, Dallas's record, they were still fighting for the AFC le- or NFC lease last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When Rodgers got hurt, the, Rod- the Packers won like two games <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. whole season. Oh, yeah. It was you're like making, Manning with the Colts. You're make, yeah, you're making a very compelling argument for 2008, though. It, Ray, I'm just letting you know. Oh, with Matt Castle, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> I'm just, wait, it's just, just, okay, do we got to do this again? It's just oh, me right here. Okay, here's no. what I'm going to say. I'm going to say 2020, <laughs> 2020 kind of eliminated 2008. No, it <laughs> doesn't. No, it doesn't. If you would have went to a team that was 3-13, and 13, I would I would agree with you. But the point is this. I would flip flop Rodgers and Mahomes, and I'll just say okay. it because of this, because because Mahomes hasn't been as consistent. I know the Chiefs are on a, on a streak now. Mahomes hasn't been as consistent as as he has been in previous years. I'll say just for the sh- the sheer fact of the dual threat ability that Josh Allen has, and you know people, well, I, well how about Lamar Jackson? Well, he's not winning games. He hasn't yeah. been as effective as he's been in the past. So stop reliable. And then, I mean, when Huntley comes in, he ends up putting up better numbers. I actually like Huntley. He's going to be a starting quarterback somewhere. Someone's going to give him a job. I mean, I mean, if either 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 tell Tua he's really right-handed or get Tyler Huntley down in Miami. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's, I like that. I don't know, uh, but the point is this: Mike I would, gets I excited by the close talking. By the way, he does. <laughs> I really like I, I like that list. Um, I like Herbert because of his potential. I probably put him fifth. Um, I'm not going to go any further than that because I'll just upset people because there's just certain pl- no, I there's certain quarterbacks I don't know. Because like, I know people would like to put Jones up there. And no, I'm no, not ready yet. No, I'm no. not ready to put Jones up there yet. No. I, I had an argument with someone the other day. They were telling me he was a top 10, and I was trying to go through the quarterbacks in the league. The one that I upset people with is my Stafford analysis. Um, I think that Matthew Stafford's an overrated quarterback. I think Ooh. that Matthew Stafford um, – I think he's a good quarterback. I, I do. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I also think that he it wasn't all just the Lions for him. I think that him having talent, yes, he elevates talent, but I think the talent around him makes him better too. The same way, lo and behold, I'm just going to put this out here. Can anybody turn around this season and say, oh, fuck, Kirk Cousins didn't earn his money? Kirk Cousins had a fucking great year. Kirk Cousins, yeah, and why? Why? Because of the talent he had around him. A lot of times, your quarterback did listen. Did Josh Allen improve as a quarterback? Yes, I've always, and he needed to because I went on a big fucking limb saying he was going to be the best quarterback in the AC East. Right? (laughs) Yeah, he improved. However, bringing in Stephon Diggs helps. Bringing in Cole Beasley helps. But the argument against that is you're, what you're just talking about right now with Stafford. He had Megatron for years. So and look at the numbers. But that's the thing. But the argument of you just get a guy number one wide out and he'll be fine. And that's not the argument anymore. But I think Stafford has like the most fourth quarter comebacks or something of that nature. Or fourth, yeah, fourth. Said that the other day. Yeah, it's not fourth I, quarter comebacks. I think it's like it on game winning. Yeah, yeah, game winning touchdowns. Right. We yeah, because I pulled it up. It's game winning touchdowns. He's losing. And, <laughs> but yeah, but somebody else said, and I bet you, like, I think it's like 35 or something like that. Like he's thrown 35 fourth quarter game winning touchdowns. And someone's like, yeah, I bet you 25 of those went to Megatron. I said that. Oh, I'm you did. It. Yeah. 
And sorry, there we go. But I but you I agree with you though. So there we go. See, for I, years though, I lumped Stafford, Rivers, and Ryan all in the same group because they were the same guy to me. They didn't play the position the same, but they were all the same guy. They're gonna win some games for you, but to go to that next level is another notch. A notch that Rodgers has gone to. A notch that you know, all these some of these other quarterbacks have actually ascended to. So Ryan, um, Ryan Stafford and Rivers, I always used to put them in the same category with themselves because okay, they're going to give you thirty touchdowns and four thousand yards a year. However, are they going to win for you? Can they win games? Yeah. So, and then when you think of Rivers, Ryan, and and Stafford, when you thought of at the time San Diego, Atlanta, and Detroit, you didn't think defenses for any of those teams. No, those teams did not rank up high in the defensive category in any of those years when those guys were playing. So the reliance upon the quarterback except, to pull you out of so many things is, except, is really not fair. Wasn't the year Atlanta went to the Super Bowl, didn't they have a high-ranked defense? That's when they had like – Higher. Let me uh, – let me. are you looking it up too? You want me to – I can't. My stu- – I fucking my, don't know what's – my Mac like blocks me from every website in the world, and it's a pain in the ass. I got to individually unlock every website. Well, you got to you got to stop uh, looking. You got to clear your browser history, man. How many times did I tell you that? I've already cleared the porn sites. I don't care about that, but it's. Uh... <laughs> I did you, you see my allude to it? But did you right. did you see my uh, my tweet I put out yesterday? Uh, you said something about. Yeah, I uh... said it has come to my attention that due to the, all the free pornography on the internet, young adults can no longer use their imagination to masturbate. This worries me for the future generations. <laughs> this worries. Yeah, it doesn't worry. You shut up. <laughs> when we were kids, hey, hey, when we were kids, we had to use our imaginations. There wasn't just readily available free porn all over the internet. You know, you we had got. A, you had a JC Penny catalog. Who are you kidding? I had VHS tapes. <laughs> uh, points. And against, those are hard. There's no fucking clearing your fucking. The year they went to the Super Bowl, the yeah. points against, they were 27th in the league. Yeah, they were great. See? <laughs> well, Oh, hold on, I got to address the kids here for a second. There was no clear your browser history when I was a kid. Okay, do you know what it's like trying to hide VHS tapes from your mother? Okay, like it's there's no explanation to why you have deep throats. Okay, you just gotta <laughs> own that shit. Why is what is the chat dead? And then we start talking about this, and now the chat's back up again. Oh, because they love porn. The chat loves porn. <laughs> Connor and I would get into this shit and they would. All right, I got a fun video to watch. Um, at first I thought it was your TikTok, but it's not. But uh, I'll put it on. I won't be able to hear your reactions until after it's done, just so you know, because I know you were talking during the thing. But uh, it was a great little moment between uh, a Buffalo Bills fan and his son. What the fuck is that? Come here. Come here. No, 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 come here. Come here, now. Come here. Come here. Where did you get this? Who gave you this? The audacity. Where did you get this? It's not funny. I'm smiling, but it's not funny. Okay, listen to me, son. Listen. No. no. Boo. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> the. No, get over for real. 
just like to me i'm like there's some real anger coming out of that man right now <laughs> there's some real... that's hysterical first of all that's hysterical number number one that's hysterical number two a story that goes along with that was i brought my kids to lids one year and my uh, my youngest was three at the time and i was like you guys could pick two hats whatever you want what do you think the youngest came over with patriots hat patriots hat i Did literally look i looked to the sky and said why do you do this to me lord <laughs> <laughs> did i buy I always, it yeah, I bought it i always yeah, I um it. i always uh on this channel especially i i hate telling this story but we were at a yankees blue jay game oh this gotta hurt in toronto and i'm decked out in my Derek jeter jersey you know and all my stuff yep. and the yankees sucks chant breaks out across the stadium and i look over and my three-year-old little daughter my baby apple in my eye Yankees suck. Yankees suck. Yankees suck. And she's got a Yankee hat on. And then turned to my wife and asked if she could go buy her a Blue Jay hat. And it just, so my wife took her and bought her a Blue Jay hat. And it just shattered me to pieces. That's phenomenal, though. That's that's dad of the year stuff, though. That's dad yeah. of the year stuff. Yeah. You know what? Kids, kids are fun. All right. I got one more little fun video I want to show here. Um, yeah. You know, this, I don't know if what you guys heard in Buffalo, we're back in lockdown here in Ontario. Again, we went into stage two lockdown. You guys do? No, no, we, uh, I mean, they're flirting with the idea, but the one thing I wanted to say before we got to it, because we never got to get to it real quick. I just want to say this real quick. Yeah. Alan, um, we were talking about him is three pick performance. Uh, two things. One, he's only done that once at one other time. And that was against the Patriots, and he they lost sixteen to ten to the Patriots. He's only done one other time. The is that when they is went out with the? Is that when we can cuss him? I think so. He's played sixty games in the NFL. Twenty six times he's thrown zero picks, so he's built up enough currency in what he's able to do. I think what mass that was his currency and the fact that he rushed for two others. I think yeah. that's why a lot of he Allen even said after the game, he says, "I feel like the guy that did, that did the group pro, didn't do anything during the group project, but still got an A." That was his first comment in the post game, and it was really funny. So I think to put a bow on the conversation we talked about earlier, that's why that does not concern me, is, and it didn't concern a lot of people. Like everyone just kind of ignored it. That's Buffalo. really ballsy of him because he kind of just took Mac Jones's thunder on that. I mean, Mac Jones is the one who did nothing in the school project and won and got an A. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. All right. Um, no, so we're in lockdown here. Kids are back in virtual school. First day of virtual school today. I'm back working from home. I was, you know, daddy help again. Um, <laughs> I want to play this video and I want to show you guys how masks actually work. Somebody at the gym, you got a mask up. Okay, guys, listen, check this out. Masks work. Wear your masks. Be good. Um, I nearly peed myself when I watched. Like when I first watched, I was like, okay, she can't get her weight up. It's funny. I really liked how she just gave up at the end too. Like just that. <laughs> she just lied there. She's like, I can't do it. This is it for me. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> 
but because I didn't notice the face drop at first, but when they did that that close up of it, just the bar whacking her face, I was just like, everybody wear your mask, guys. Make sure you go check out my boy Mario (laughs) and his boy Paul over at hashtag Sports on Twitter hashtag two point oh. You can also check out their YouTube channel where Mario promises he's going to do some more artwork, and if you need some graphic design help, I'm always available, buddy. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with this: always read the fine print, okay? Because In 2019, a Georgia teacher who purchased travel insurance for $400 was rewarded $10,000 for reading the contract's fine print. Page 7 mentioned a pays-to-read contest where the first person to contact them would win $10,000. Always read the fine print. Mario, always appreciate having you on. Uh, I hope to see you next Wednesday. And I don't even want to know. I'm just going to play the game and see whether or not you show up to the Patreon exclusive. And I'll just go from there. But I always appreciate you. Any parting words you want to leave with the YouTube is audience it, at this First point? of all, is it the same link? Same link? Same this link. One right here? Same okay. one right here. Um, I just said, no, don't no, tell me. Okay. No, I'm just, want, I was just asking if it was the same link. Um, always, a, always a pleasure to be talking with you, Ray. We always have these interesting discussions and it seems to just tailspin out of control and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, guys, go check out our hashtag 2.0. Go check out our YouTube channel uh, if you want to hear two objective Bills fans talk about um, what's going on with their team and maybe get a peek behind the curtain of what the Buffalo Bills are doing. And, uh, you know, it's copycat league and I've seen a lot of crossover from what the Buffalo Bills are doing and what those championship Patriot teams used to be doing. So uh, you may see a lot of similarities there, even though there's really no crossover in personnel. There's a reason why it's called the copycat league. Um, Right. Thanks as always for the invite and I'll be here next Wednesday. And uh, if you guys want to see the greatest outfits in the world, there's nothing more disappointing to me than showing up and Mario just wearing a regular outfit. It's like just looking like this. I'm like, this is so disappointing. Mario, I appreciate you, buddy. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, brother. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning on YouTube. Remember, don't go anywhere. Don't leave. Don't run away. If you're a Patreon member, if you're listening to the audio podcast, because this party is going to keep on rolling, but this is the time that I have to say good night to the YouTube audience. I hope you all had a good time. Um, if anybody here is still commenting about Mac Jones, we talked about it for like the first hour, maybe 45 minutes of the show tonight. Um, I'm in agreement with what most of you guys are saying. Uh, the, the comparison was to what Mark Dundero from WEEI said, and we went through it all. And I appreciate you guys. Um, the last thing I want to go that just for fun right here. Hunter Henry today said that this has probably been the most enjoyable season of his career. And I just love that because it really breaks down the narrative, right? It really breaks down the narrative of people don't want to play in new England, right? We've all heard about it, right? Oh, nobody wants to play for Bill Belichick. The only reason that people signed in new England was because of Bill Belichick. That's not true. Look at all the fun. Hunter Henry, most enjoyable season of his career. His career, people. You got to love to hear that stuff, man. I always love to hear it. Guys, don't forget, go check me out at deanblundell.com. That is the mothership. You can find my blogs over there. You can also find my podcast, deanblundell.com, a part of the Dean Blundell Network. Tons and tons of podcasts with tons and tons of subjects. 102 different podcasts as a part of the Dean Blundell Network. Go check me out there. Make sure you go check me out on Newsbreak. Uh, 
I cover the entire NFL over there. I do, excuse me, objective videos and all that kind of thing. Uh, I am a community voice pro for Newsbreak, whatever the fuck that means. And hey, man, if you want to join the show, the first 20 minutes of every show, you can join the Patreon club, get exclusive content. That's where we're going to go right now. Uh, I got to update the picture because it's still all the old Dear Pats Nation stuff before we got the rebrand from Chevy. Uh, but you can go on over. You can five bucks a month. That's it. You get four days a week of exclusive content, four days a week that you can join the first half of the show and hang out every Friday over on the Patreon. I appreciate all of y'all who watched live on YouTube. I appreciate everybody who is uh, watching on Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's listening to the audio podcast. Of course, Patreon, uh, the video will continue. The audio podcast will continue. But for those watching live on YouTube, I thank you so much for coming in. You're all legit. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. You're all legit. And I will see you tomorrow for Thursday when my boy Mike N is my guest. See you guys. And we're going to say goodbye to Twitter. And we're now going to be just live, live, live on Patreon. What's going on? Look who's been hanging out the entire time. Mikey, how are you, man? Oh, Mike's not there. He was just here. Maybe, maybe Mike never left. Mike, can you hear me? Mike, Mike, maybe Mike's not here. All right, we'll keep talking. Mike, if you're back and you can hear me, just type in the private chat. Say, I'm here, man. I'll talk. And uh, we'll talk. If you didn't mean to, you didn't leave. All right, guys. So I did get some comments and questions. Obviously, people had things to say about Mr. Mac Jones. So we'll get to that. And... uh Oh, I clicked on player profiler. I didn't click on the Patreon stuff. I'm sorry. Where's Patreon? Ah, there it is. Uh, so because I hope everybody enjoyed time with Mario. I always love having Mario on the show. He's such a good dude. Such uh, so fun to be around. So just so cool. So everything always gives a uh, good insight to what's going on. Seven comments on the comment today. And I basically asked for the questions. Is Mac Jones ceiling too high? And we got some answers from other people. But uh, my boy Brian Lynch says, Mac will finish first or second in Offensive Rookie of the Year and got the Patriots to 10 to 11 wins on the way back to the playoff. Kid has exceeded those mammoth expectations already. How lucky it is to be a Patriots fan and a Mac will continue to get better. This is his floor. I, I can agree with you on that, man. I think that... Um, Again, I got into the conversation earlier. I don't believe in that quote-unquote. What's up? What up, Mike? I don't believe in that quote-unquote ceiling. Um, you know, Chevy kind of called me out on it. I can't deny what I probably. I don't. I don't deny it all, Mike. You were watching at the time. I probably made the comparisons to Chad Pennington. But again, what I like to tell everybody is, I do a podcast five days a week. Like I have to fill airtime. And I have to create content. And um, last year, we only covered the Patriots. So there wasn't a whole lot of shit to talk about. So we appreciate it. But um, do you agree, Mike, that Mac has already exceeded expectations? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I just, again, I, I kind of said it before with Mac Jones we got to stop treating him like he's a 10 year veteran. And I think that's the expectation of some people right now. And it's really, it's really strange. I, I know I've done that to him maybe during a game, you know, you kind of get lost in the game and you're like, 
oh, why didn't he get rid of the football? Why did he take the sack? And then it's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, judging him like he's friggin' Matt Ryan or Tom Brady or well, Matt Ryan doesn't get rid of the football. He gets. But wouldn't it also be fair to to say that like we can't shy away from criticizing him just because he's a rookie? Oh no, a- absolutely. I think in the, I think you hit the nail on the head the other night uh you know that game um in buffalo he was really not good you know you know I oh mean, he was piece, bad he was yeah, really bad yeah he, i mean you can make excuses about the pieces around him all you want but he was not good either it's always amazing to me and it's this isn't just the patriots fan base um covering the entire nfl now and getting comments especially on my newsbreak channel uh, where, again, I say all the time, my YouTube channel's dead, right? This is just, mm-hmm. uh, but Newsbreak is banging. Um, every team protects their quarterback. Like, it's always somebody else's fault but their quarterbacks. It's really mm-hmm. strange. Uh, Thomas says, I'm surprised, uh, says, should we set up a prank for Dean on the Friday night hangout? Like, we can act as them, except we're talking about those guys. It should be fun. <laughs> um yeah, we could, but you're living under the assumption that Dean Blundell watches my stuff. Um, yeah, I was going to say, he's not going to care who we are, and he's not going to care that we might not know who he is. So. He, he he didn't even watch. He's not even going to watch. So no. um, I'm pretty sure that if anybody from the Dean Blundell network is listening to the podcast right now, it's Chris Rook, who's the guy who recruited me and seems to know a little bit more about what I do. Dean's a good shit. Dean knows what I do for his show, the two minute drill. He knows what I do for the website, but I don't think, I mean, I have made fun of the Dean Blundell network two nights in a row to kick off my show to kick off. So it's not like they had to watch long. And nobody has made a comment to me about doing it, which either tells me, A, they don't watch and don't pay attention, or they really don't give a fuck about what I do. So it's a good plan. And if they cared, I would say let's do it. But I highly doubt that they'll be watching our show. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I, you know, it kind of, it just gave me vibes of that first show with you and Connor, you know, like Ray Roth. Who's that oh, guy? Well, Connor, <laughs> no, Connor knew who I was. Oh, wow. That's your name. <laughs> He, he got yeah, the yeah. fucking name of the, he called the show DNP and called me Ray Routh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the vibes I got the other night. Like, oh, this dude works with us. I'm like, bro, he's been on your show twice on the air and I've watched it. Yeah. 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 I've actually made three, four different appearances on the Dean Blundell show now. I was on the New Year's Eve special. I did a two minute drill. I did a half an hour spot and that was my fourth two minute drill. And the guy has okay. no fucking idea who I, am. I I saw, I saw the first spot and I saw you on for, for new years. So, yeah. So I do like every Monday or Tuesday, depending when they can fit it. And I do a pre-recorded two minute drill for them that goes on their show. And that's where they came from the other day. I uh, got to get going here. Thomas says, I'm surprised. Uh, we still talk about Mac being rookie of the year. He's a Cinderella story. Uh, he will be our quarterback one for a long time. Uh, I assume that means that he just thinks Mac's going to be rookie of the year. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, appreciate that comment. I agree. He's going to be our quarterback for a long time. I, you know, again, I, the whole point of this show was to set up what Dondero said. I'm a content creator, guys. I know people get upset. People are like, oh, you do this for clickbait. I'm like, of course I did. Of course I did this for you to click. I want, I needed you to click. That's how I fucking get paid, guys, is by people clicking. So get you all fired up. It's it always just just blows my mind, right? And it's only clickbait if you're angry about what I said. If you agree with what I said, it's not clickbait. 
right? Mm-hmm. But if you're angry, then it's fucking clickbait, right? It, it's uh, exactly. It's strange. Thomas says, "Do you think the following people uh, will forget this season and come out stronger next season, or are they done?" Baker Mayfield, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. All right. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they're rookies. You know, I'm making no assessment either which way. I'm not. Let's see what happens next year. Baker Mayfield is is another story altogether. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. I know they owe him $18 million. I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to be a Cleveland Brown next year. Yikes. That's tough. tough It is. Um, and if he is, it, it could be his last year. He's got the last year of his contract. He's on his fifth year option. Every other quarterback in his position has signed a contract already. Right? Um, not Baker, though. Yeah. And I think Baker and Lamar. So we all know Lamar is going to get a deal done. Everybody knows that the Ravens are going to want to go forward with Lamar. There's some questions now in Cleveland whether it's time to blow things up and start over again. Rough. It's brutal. Just so you guys know, that will be one of my featured stories that I'm working on after this um, for Dean Blundell and for Newsbreak. I'm talking about whether or not uh, Baker's done. Uh, Thomas says, who you got, Ravens or Steelers? I'm going to go with Steelers. Yeah. Here's a good one. Alex says, I always believe that Derek Carr was just an average quarterback. What do you think about Derek Carr? Uh, I think Derek Carr is an average quarterback. <laughs> I, I'm exactly with you. I, I There's people out there that hate him. There's people out there that love him. I don't understand either of them. I don't hate him. I don't love him. I think he's a serviceable game manager. Uh, I think there's an opportunity that Mac Jones could be a Derek Carr type of player. He'll win you the occasional game. Uh, I think, to me, Derek Carr's a guy who won't lose you a game for the most part if you put the right pieces around him. And I think Mac Jones is going to be a quarterback like that. He's not going to lose you a game. will win you the occasional game. Uh, I, I, I think he's a good quarterback. Like an average to good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's poor, horrible. I think that people have either too little or too high of expectations for Derek Carr. What's your thoughts, Mike? I actually think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than most people get give him uh, credit for. In fact, I think he's been an anchor for that team and is one of the you know few shining lights there. I think they need to put the right pieces around him. And let's be honest. The Raiders have been a dumpster fire this season for everything, but you know, the kitchen. Yeah, I was gonna sink. say not having Henry Ruggs, who's in prison. <laughs> yeah, having two or three other players arrested now. I still believe that they should go back to Cleveland, to be real with you, because ever or to uh, to Oakland, because ever since they moved to Vegas, everything's just fucking falling apart. Like there's, it's just been there's, brutal. There's too much distraction there for our young kids with a lot of money. Like, let's yes. be honest. That's yeah, you hit that, a- that's where it's all coming from. Well, let me follow up with Alex's last or last question. It says, is it Derek Carr who's making the Raiders an average team or is it the weapons around him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's I think it's the stuff around him and that defense hasn't been stellar either. So No. No, it's been bad. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions we have for tonight. Mike, thanks for coming back. No problem, man. I heard I you calling you. me, and I forgot I was like in here. I was like, "What the hell?" I thought you wanted to come on, and then I was like, "Oh, oh. I was just, I was just listening. I just kind of hung out to listen, and then I got up and I heard Mike, Mike. I'm like, 
the hell? I was like, oh, Mikey's been hanging out the whole time. Maybe he wants to come on. And then I clicked on, and you're, I'm like, hello, Mike? Nah, Mike? I, fi- I figured you and uh, Mario might be talking for another hour here on Patreon. So Oh, uh, no, he left. He ducked. He left, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah he All left right. you I appreciate you, Mike. I'll see you Thursday. Yes, sir. I will see you later. See you Thursday, buddy. Or tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be here. All be right, here, be square. All right, guys, that's it. We're done. Dunsky. Thanks everybody who's watching on Patreon. Thanks everybody who's listening to the audio podcast. Y'all are great. Don't forget, go over to DeanBlundell.com, the Dean Blundell Network. Download the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Look at the blogs. You can also get the, the podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, those kind of places. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Check me over at Newsbreak. Patreon, thank you to Symbol. The perfect combination of gambling and investment. And uh, really excited to start talking about my new partnership I just set up. <sighs> Can't tell you with who, but it's coming up very, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time. <gasps> you're all legit, kid. the blue hotel i wanna live at the blue hotel the podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.